Hey, Story Show Podcast listeners, Jeremy here. And Angie. And uh, yeah, we're back with episode two of season four. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, season four, we are highlighting stories from our Give Me Shelter Story Show that ran in January of this year, January 2019. Um, Before we get into um, this week's story, uh, we've got some exciting news that we mentioned in our last episode, but that we want to keep sharing. Angie, you want to... Yeah. yeah. Well, if you live your life in chaos and don't do things in order and didn't listen to episode <laughs> one first, <laughs> jumped right into episode two, um, we've announced our charity and the theme for the next coming show. So the theme is Light My Fire, and the charity is the Ori Jurley Scholarship Fund. Yeah, so uh, great, great local charity. Um, uh, yeah. So our next story is uh, comes from David Bailing, who has written uh, written a lot and um, uh, used to teach at Waldorf College and taught there for a long time and recently moved to Wisconsin with his wife Karen. They're in Chippewa, Chippewa Falls now, and but right before they left, we we got David to do a story for us, and I was really excited because I'd wanted. Uh, David to write for previous shows and last summer I you know was hoping but he happened to be out of town that weekend so um, but yeah so this one's about well really uh, appropriate for this winter with the crazy amount of snow we've gotten but this is about going in the ditch right yeah yeah, yeah. can you relate just zooming along life's a highway Tom Cochran <laughs> life is a highway <laughs> You got that one. I just, I just, I just watched the Office episode where Michael um, moves Holly with Daryl, and that song keeps coming on. And the first couple of times, it's great, and then not anymore. Not so great, especially not on the way back. Yeah, Yeah. I love Office. There's an Office reference for every situation in life. I think there is. No doubt. Uh, yeah, just cruising along and all of a sudden things go sideways. So my um, question was, has that happened to you? Have I been in a ditch? Yeah. Many. Yes. Many times. When yes. was the first time you were in the ditch? I was 16. What happened? Um, I was driving recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> How many crimes are you going to confess on the show, man? As many uh, as I can. <laughs> How many, how many crimes have you committed? <laughs> I, uh, until you ask, I never remember. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I did do that. Um, no, I wasn't a great driver as a kid. Um, not intentionally. I just wasn't good at it. And um, it didn't stop me from trying. <laughs> um, I kept going. But yeah, I, that first year I was in many ditches. Like, I, I sort of feel like it was a running joke that like, random community members <laughs> were pulling me out of the ditches <laughs> and then days later my dad would find out and be like so without <laughs> <laughs> so having coffee and uh, yep. uh, yeah yeah so and so says they towed you out of this ditch and i'd be like yeah it was really nice yeah but the, so you know sometimes going in the ditch especially when it's not winter is mm-hmm. and freezing temperatures right is mm-hmm. Not a huge deal and um, more embarrassing than anything. But other times in this climate, it can be downright dangerous. Yes. Yeah. And um, so you feel, you know, a sense of vulnerability that you're probably not accustomed to. And 
especially depending on you know how mechanical you might be or <laughs> you know how prepared you or might not. be or not right <laughs> yeah. um and so these things these things happen and then we have to deal mm-hmm. yeah so yeah um, and what's great about david's story is the idea of like that interconnectedness the like i was even mentioning with i'm really trying to i mean i totally was trying to segue into it obviously because i'm <laughs> a podcasting genius <laughs> um is the idea that like we depend on other people in those moments and um how important that is, is you know when you're the one in the ditch but then on the flip side when you're the one in the car that's still on the highway yeah you know it's really it's so David's story, this took place after, you know, we were in the cell phone era, but before David was in the cell phone era, right? <laughs> yep. And um, I, that really has kind of changed things, I think, the whole Good Samaritan kind of bit. Like, you know, back back in the old days, you'd see someone on the side of the road, and you had no idea. Like, probably should pull over, right? Because yeah. uh, you have... They probably haven't contacted anyone, but now is the assumption different now? We're like, yeah, they got a phone. Well, maybe. Oh, I don't even. Yeah, maybe. I we stop. Josh stops. Yeah. Like he's he's a committed. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> he's committed to stopping. Yeah. So uh, we. I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't know what it's like. Yeah. Not married to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, David is a uh, very, uh, very skilled writer, and and that's one of the things I love about him. Every word matters, you know. And as you listen to the story, uh, I think you'll appreciate that. So, absolutely. All right. So here we go. Yeah. Uh, David Bailing, stuck in the ditch. Enjoy. When not on an away mission for Starfleet, or his former employer, Waldorf University, David stays home and reads books or writes his blog. If you ask him to a party or to meet you for a drink at 112 on Broadway, he will tell you he's busy, but he's not. (laughs) He just wants to be left alone to read and write. Don't take it personally. This is Stuck in a Ditch by David Bailey. This is a story from several years ago about something that happened to me on my way on one of my many commutes from Albert Lee, where I live, down to where I used to work at Waldorf University in Forest City, Iowa. What happened led me to think about little things like being human, about giving and receiving shelter, about hospitality and civilization. Amid the cold wind, ice, and snow that laid its curse upon us that winter, like so many winters before and since that year, I joined the crowds of drivers in the bottoms of ditches across the region. I spun out on a curving, hilly section of Highway 69, a few miles west of Lake Mills, Iowa. One minute I was humming along, listening to a bit of Johann Sebastian, And the next, my car was spinning and spinning until the sudden drop into the ditch, miles from Forest City campus and classroom. It's not the first time I have been in the ditch because of ice and snow. This time, 
I once again landed upright. And after a brief check of self, intact, undamaged, I pushed the door open to check my Ford Focus. After a few minutes, it was clear that the car was also fine, but it was also stuck in snow. At the bottom of an incline, I would not have been able to drive up even without all the snow. Class started in an hour, and I was the teacher. You should know this was BC, the era of human history before cell phones, <laughs> or at least before I had one. I have to admit that a number of, shall we say, colorful metaphors escaped my lips as I assessed my dilemma, words that felt emotionally appropriate at the time. <laughs> However, they were colorful enough, I will not repeat them now. After the darker emotions had subsided, I acknowledged how much worse things could have been by saying a short prayer of thanksgiving with a prayer of repentance added on because of those colorful metaphors. <laughs> then I started trying to get out of that ditch and back on the highway under my own power. The incline was steep, that's true, but the part of the ditch I was in was only about 20 yards or so from a field access driveway and the incline over there wasn't as steep. I was sure that if I could get enough momentum going, I could easily get over there and then back on the road. And so I tried, going into reverse, gunning it so I could ram forward through the snow, going into reverse again, rocking the car forward and backwards. I would get out, push the, the packed snow aside with gloved hands and with my boots, and then it was back into reverse and ramming speed. It should come as no surprise to those who are more experienced with winter driving than this immigrant from Arizona. <laughs> this did not help. In fact, it seemed to be making things worse, leaving my poor focus even more mired in snow. I paused occasionally from throwing up chunks of frozen grass with my spinning tires and got out of the car to stretch and try to de-stress a bit. Cars stopped and drivers would ask if I needed a lift into Lake Mills to get a tow truck. But, still confident and arrogant, <laughs> I waved them off with a word of thanks. It's all under control, I said. And I still thought it was. There wasn't any wind. The sun was sort of shining in a kind of blue sky. And I was determined to do this without having to pay a towing service for assistance. After several attempts, however, it was clear that I wasn't coming out of that ditch on my own. And that's it, I realized. I'm stuck. I have to stop this profitless churning of snow and ice, and I'm going to have to start walking into Lake Mills or hope that at least one more vehicle will stop and give me a lift. Then, in a moment, my fortunes changed. As I trudged up out of that ditch, a van stopped in front of me on the highway, and a small crowd of young men got out and walked down to my car. A few minutes later, they were back on their way to Wisconsin and construction jobs, content with a word of thanks for me, 
And I was back on my way to work. In the end, I was able to walk into my classroom only five minutes late. And while it is true that I had my coat and boots on and had now forgotten most of what I was planning to cover that class period, that didn't matter to me as much as the fact that I was there at all. My students, on the other hand, were not nearly as pleased as I was that I had made it. It's humbling to be given the gift of hospitality like I was in that ditch. Those young men didn't have to stop and help get me out. It wasn't their fault I was in that predicament. They didn't check to see if I had been driving faster than conditions permitted, which I probably was, or if I had a history of careless driving, which I did not. They owed me no favors. They didn't even know who I was. But nonetheless, they stopped to offer assistance. That's what people do in places where it can be cold enough on a winter day to kill those who are stranded on the side of highways, who have no access to heat or shelter. I had learned that years earlier when we lived in North Dakota in the far northern part of North Dakota. When people drive up to a car in a ditch in that region of the United States, we don't ask why those other people are stranded. It doesn't really matter what caused them to slide off the road. What matters is that we can do something even if it's just to offer a lift to the next town or the shelter of a warm car for a family to sit in while they wait for a tow truck. It's not something you learn in a book or in a classroom. It's just something that you do. Stopping helps them see that they aren't alone. It's one of the ways we show that we are civilized human beings. Coincidentally enough, the assistance those young men extended to me echoed a theme from one of the stories I had actually assigned for reading that semester. Nine Lives is a science fiction short story by Ursula Le Guin. The story is about a terrible accident that injures and kills humans living on a distant planet far from Earth. What the characters in that story learn is that whenever we help another, it's like holding our hands out into the darkness in order to grasp hold of the stranger standing there and pull them into the light, or at other times, letting them pull us into the light. That same idea lies behind our impulse to help those stuck in a snow-filled ditch. It lies behind the help offered to people found wandering the desert in Arizona and New Mexico. When the heat in the middle of July can kill people as quickly as the cold here in January, especially when they don't have any water. It's about the shelter of hospitality. It's about helping people out when they need it most. Maybe, just maybe, that idea is what allows us to create and maintain civilized societies in the first place. It means we can count on each other if we get stranded on a highway lose our homes to hurricanes or fires, or have to flee our communities because people are trying to kill us and the government 
is doing nothing to stop it. We live in a time when giving shelter to those in need appears to have been forgotten or is being challenged in an aggressive way. So whether it's a ditch in the middle of January or a desert in Arizona, it might be healthy to remember that the civilization we are so proud of might actually depend on what we do when it comes to providing shelter and hospitality to those who need it. Thank you. The Give Me Shelter Story Show is produced by Angie Zoller-Barker and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Check out our webpage at thestoryshow.org for links to more stories and info about our past storytellers and musicians. Our second story show for 2019 is July 25th at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center here in lovely Albert Lee, Minnesota. The show starts at 7 p.m. and you can get your tickets at the door or purchase them online at actonbroadway.com. Hope to see you there.